Warning, we are a spoiler-based podcast. At times, we are also an offensive podcast. And we are most certainly a verbally explicit podcast. So if you fear for any of your delicate sensibilities, please back up now before you reach the point of no return. This is your final warning. Welcome to what is now the 150th episode of Cinematic Anarchy. Some nice enthusiasm from the left field over there. Fucking 150, baby! Fuck, baby! Yeah, let's go! And, uh, okay, recording with me today is, uh, as always, uh, since, uh, day one or, uh, day three or four, I believe you started uh, a couple of days after we started the podcast. Yeah, something like that. Because I, I was realizing that we had three guys working on the podcast and absolutely no female perspective at all. And I'm not all about that at all. Always gotta bring in the best chick. Right, right. Miss B. What's Miss up? Honey B. And uh, also joining us today, once again, from the Two Chicks Talk and Flicks podcast, we have Sarah. Hi! And uh, let's uh, just kind of go around, starting with uh, Sarah. Just how are we doing today? And uh, what have we been up to? What are your projects looking like in the future? Um. Well, I'm doing pretty good. Um. was just editing a podcast before I jumped on. We just did Encanto last week. Um, oh, pretty cute. Yes. I was actually just listening to that podcast the other day. Oh, really? came up, I listen to you guys, if you haven't noticed, frequently on Good Pods. And uh, yeah. whenever I get a chance, I, I, I go ahead and leave a review over there. Anybody listening, you should do the same. But, uh, thank yeah. you, thank you. You you are one of the uh, active podcasts that I listen to every time I get a chance. Oh, that's so nice. I, I really need to start listening to a lot more podcasts um, besides Dateline. Dateline. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I just listen to Dateline a lot. I listen to a lot of entertainment podcasts. I kind of like to listen to how other people are doing things and then completely ignore it. Uh, <laughs> we, right? We do our own thing here. It's sort of a loose format. We just like to fucking talk. That's all. Exactly. That's- I like it. <laughs> so, anything else going on with the podcast uh, you'd like the listeners to, to know about? Um, no, we don't have a lot going on. Just uh, our normal episode every Tuesday. So uh, tune in, listen, and subscribe on Patreon. I know you guys have one. Yes, we do. I do. Right? Woo-hoo. Make you listen. Ah, aggressive <laughs> positivity. Well, actually, <laughs> we we've been we both use uh, Good Pods a little bit more often lately. Uh, actually, this is a really good app for you to hop onto and interact with each other especially as podcasters uh yes rather than just going in like apple has it where you can kind of give a five star and a single review for the podcast you can actually go in and rate individual episodes and leave individual ratings or or uh, reviews for each podcast that a person puts out um a lot of groups that you can sit and interact with other podcasts and it's actually very social and a, a good way to network with other podcasts yeah, I'm having fun with it. I haven't played with it too much, but I am enjoying playing with it a little. I'm trying to get a little bit more in-depth, and I listen to a vast majority of my podcasts through that app now. I just got to get my other constituents here, Miss B and Omar, to kind of log in and claim the podcast as one of the creators so they know that there's more than just me claiming ownership <laughs> of the podcast. I, I got to do the thing. You can do the thing. Take your time. Do the thing when you can do the thing. And uh, how are your projects looking right now, Miss B? 
Um, pretty good right now. I mean, honestly, I've been slacking on a couple of art projects that I've like wanted to finish for a while, but um, I just got promoted at work. So, well, I mean, my promotion starts next month on my like four year anniversary. I'll give you my congrats. Fuck yeah! <laughs> I'm gonna be designing and shit and fucking putting my actual art skills to work at my job. A local newspaper and... here, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Miss B is the, in the like, media. The company that owns <laughs> our newspaper, like owns n- newspapers in like twenty two states now, I think. Nice, nice. So it's owned yeah. by, like, a mass newspaper conglomerate? Yeah, pretty much. But, yeah, I'm super excited. It's fun. I get a fucking raise. And Ooh. several more promotions coming afterwards over the next few years. So, fuck yeah! Hey, hey. More money. More responsibility. Money, money, money. Occasionally more problems. More money means more vacation. Hey, what's good? Hey, I'm supposed to be going to fucking Puerto Rico in June for my fifth anniversary with Fredo. I'm so excited. Well, congratulations and happy June. So if anyone wants to donate to the Puerto Rico fund, my PayPal is going to be in the description of the link. And fucking yeah. You know, you should honestly put your PayPal stuff on our page. I I should. You should. I mean. I need money. (laughs) Do whatever you need to do. Okay, well, I actually haven't talked to you about this, so I'm going to just let loose on the podcast here. I have one little project coming up. We have season four of the podcast, obviously, starting in a few weeks from now. And to go along with the beginning of season four, starting from the last day of March of this year on to the last day of March next year, I'm taking one full year and challenging myself to watch... And write a short paragraph about 500 separate movies. Woo! Well then, that's... Yes. More than one film a day. It's content that we're going to go ahead and upload. I'm going to put on our pages, basically. just. Yeah. And the reason why I'm mentioning it here is because I'm going to be looking for people that follow our pages to kind of provide me with a guideline and a list of movies to sit down and watch. So these are not going to be movies that I pick myself. I'm looking for other people to sit down and provide the movies that I'm going to watch over the next year. I dig. I dig it. Because I know that I, I, by personal preference, there's a lot of movies that I've missed over the past few decades. Uh, And maybe people will open me up to a few things that I may not have sat down and watched before. Maybe they'll make me re-watch something I absolutely hated. We'll see. (laughs) We will see. That being said, let's move right into the movie that we have watched for this particular podcast a fantastic right. 1999 film Idle Hands uh, starring uh, Devin Siwa Seth Green, Eldon Henson and Jessica Alba also with uh, short perform- Well, I don't want to say short performances Vivica A. Fox was pretty prominent in the movie if I'm not mistaken Oh yeah, I, I don't like her role in the movie at all I'm sorry she could have been written better there, I, I, I'll give you my problems as we get into the film and we start talking about what we liked, what we didn't like. Just kind of move around like we normally do in... They could have, they could have made her dialogue way better. It's not the dialogue that bothered me. It's, it was the dialogue for me. It's a stoner 90s flick. I wasn't expecting dialogue from it. Fine, you know what? I'll get into it. There's a scene okay. near, the, near the end of the movie where she tackles Devin Siwa after he has already cut off his hand. And the fact 
that is a druidic priestess that has been hunting down this demonic hand that is supposed to be, her entire life is supposed to be vanquishing this demonic hand. The fact that she was not able she, to handle a slacker stoner teenager missing a hand. <laughs> that was a problem for me. <laughs> I think yeah. that was bad writing. <laughs> so, getting into it. This is a, a right. slacker stoner comedy. It is uh, about a uh, stoner named Anton who basically, well, as the the plot says, or as the, the title says, I sh- should say, the... Uh, Entire thing is about him and having his left hand possessed by the devil, so to speak. Uh, the hand being played by the same guy that did Thing for Thing. the Adams Family movies. Christopher Hart. Um. Yes. So uh, they just asked him to play the same thing, except evil. Yeah, he's a he's a hand a hand model or a hand actor, I should say. He doesn't, Something like that. I don't know. The only film. reason I remember his name is because fucking when I was a kid, I used to pick up all kinds of like sketchbooks or like how to draw books and fucking it was all like mostly anime shit. And a lot of the books that I got was by an author named Christopher Hart. Okay. Definitely thought it was the same person for the longest time. It's not. No, no. Uh, Christopher Hart has been a, a lifelong hand actor. Yeah. So he, he both hand acts and teaches other people how to hand act. So when Devin Siwa <laughs> was doing his thing, it was actually under the uh, tutelage of uh, Christopher Hart. Sawa. Sawa? Thank you. Sawa, not Siwa. Yeah, no, you know, it's I, not Jojo I've got Siwa. Jojo stuck in my head. Oh, and okay. You know, sometimes, sometimes you need to, to stop me, just like you did right now. And it's, Chris, you're not allowed to talk for five minutes. Let the adults talk. <laughs> just, Can I just say, I fucking love Eldon Henson in, like, everything he plays. Have you seen recent pictures of Seth Green, Eldon, and Devin just kind of next to each other? Mm-mm. I looked them up, like, separately. Seth they and all Eldon... aged, like, fine wine. No, no. <laughs> Seth and Eldon... Except for Seth. Both aged. They kind of still have their baby face going on. Devin, on the other hand, he aged hard. Like, you can see yeah. the age on his face. He doesn't have that baby face thing going for him anymore, so he's not that no. that young kid that every, all the girls swooned over in the nineties. Fun fact yes, about he Devin. Is. <laughs> no, okay. Fun fact about Devin. Mm-hmm. He was Stan in the Eminem video. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? He was. Yeah. He played Stan. I had no idea. Yeah, dude. You want to know another fun fact? Just about the movie in general. Sure. So. There's two other characters. Uh, one played by Katie Wright, I believe her name's Tanya, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And the other character played by Jack Noseworthy. I'm trying to remember what his name is off the top of my head. Randy. 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 They did not know until they actually met on set that they were half brother and sister. <laughs> so they found wow. out when they met on set, as or as they were doing the movie, that they were half brother and sister. That's hilarious. How did they find out? I honestly don't know. I, I, I didn't read that deep into the story. But that seems like something I should have researched and had a little bit more I, to give. I'm going to look into that. <laughs> we will look into that and then we'll talk amongst ourselves and never bring it up again. Uh, <laughs> that's how that's going to end up working. So yeah, that... Uh, how do you, I wonder how that would feel. Like just If you just walked into a job one day 
and found out one of your co-workers was like a half-brother or a half-sister. Just out of the blue. How does that even come up? Like, wait a minute, your dad looks a lot like my dad. <laughs> I think, uh, I lost everybody. Hi. No, oh my god, I'm here. sorry. We're, we're still here. Ah, this is what... This is why they have that little thing that trims out silences. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's just kind of, we'll get into the movie from the top. Another movie that I appreciate for the fact that they, they pull no punches starting at the beginning um, by basically killing off Anton's parents right there mm-hmm. in the beginning. I would have liked to have seen Fred Willard a little bit more because I do like him. He is one of the funniest men, just absolutely brilliant, and they used him very little in this. His mom is from the Torkelsons. Did anybody watch that growing up? I did not. Oh, wow. I forgot about that. I did. Yeah. I loved the Torkelsons. (laughs) (laughs) I completely forgot about that. You're right. Okay. Yeah. As soon as I saw her, I was like, oh my God, Torkelsons. (laughs) (laughs) No, I actually spent such a long time. Was she? Oh, wasn't she the, um,. The the um the aunt was the aunt. Oh, okay, no, I'm thinking of something else. There were so many relatives in that family in that one scene though, where they all get together to find Stuart. I don't know. Little tough. To I don't place. know. I haven't seen it in fucking ages. There also were a lot of cameos by little you know, like uh, Kyle Glass of Tenacious D fame was actually one of the burger uh, burger joint employees, the Jungle Burger so employees. It's, it's Gas. Kyle Gas. Did I say Glass again? You said Glass. I did that the entire Tenacious D episode. Kept calling him Kyle Glass. <laughs> so was Tom DeLong. I just saw that. That he was also a burger employee. It was like a... Ha- uh, Joey Schlotnick, who's also a, a famous uh, comedian. There's a whole handful of people that just kind of... They, this moved around in the movie. Cast. That actually have prominent roles in other movies. It was... I would say there were as many big stars in this film that were either going out or just coming into their own. Like, uh, Sean Whalen had a really big career in uh, different horror films before even hitting this film. He had mentioned that a lot of films actually hire him because of his facial expressions, and this uh, 1999, for him, he felt, was like the last big year of... His kind of casting. They never really cast him for the same things after this. They kind of cast him for nostalgic value now, rather than anything else. Rather than what they used to do, which was sort of cast him because of the facial expressions. Like they used to do with uh, Jim Carrey, where they (laughs) banked off of his facial expressions for most of his movies. And then at a certain point, it was actually around the year 2000, where that broke. And they decided that they needed a little bit more acting out of their character and not just facial expressions. <laughs> I think it was more him that wanted to, like, get more serious. I guess. I mean, I'm just going off of what this guy was talking about. For him, for him, they cast him, I guess, a lot now for nostalgic value. Like, oh, well, you were in this movie. You were in Fright Night. They had yeah. a lot of films that he was associated with, especially in the horror genre. But he said that it was it was sort of a thing where those facial expressions that he made, what he used to bring to the table, was not something that was marketable anymore, that you had to have just a little bit more to put you over the top. And he feels like that might have happened to Jim Carrey as well. Mm. Because he had a lot of movies that he was doing that is all facial expressions. Everything from uh, 
Well, I mean, he had he had it all through Ace Ventura. He had it all through uh, Liar Liar. Many different films, yeah. and then like you saw even a little bit in the Truman Show, but not quite as much. And then once you got to the number twenty three, that all went away, and he was a lot more muted. <laughs> he was more serious. Yeah, I get it. So he was know. putting a little bit more acting into the acting, and not relying so much on the the weird facial yeah. expressions that got him through the uh, the eighties and nineties. Yeah. So, anyway, back about the movie. Back about the movie. Well, we're still talking about the movies, just the actors in we're them. We're talking about <laughs> actors. So we started Fucking... off with, with the killing of, uh, it's the beginning his of the parents. movie, the killing of his parents. And uh, I like I liked the whole scene. Like I said, I would have rather seen Fred Willard just a little bit more, you know, not just a few scenes later falling out of the, uh, that wasn't him, actually. That was a wax dummy. They made wax yeah. dummies of the mother and the father because they they couldn't get they couldn't get the mother to sit down from from what I was understanding long enough to put all the makeup on to just lay there dead on the floor. It was better to just have two stiffs that didn't move. Yeah, no, fucking um. So it starts out with his parents dying, and like he he realizes that he killed his parents eventually, but he didn't realize not, that like... he killed his parents until he ate the bologna sandwich with the uh, blood mayo. Exactly. But, like, I don't I don't get how he didn't realize that he killed, what was the, the, the Feinstein twins? Apparently he there were several... In a in an onion ring bag. There were several different deaths. It's not just the twins. There were, like, three exactly. or four different did, deaths. Exactly. Like, how, how is he this a fucking oblivious? Like, there's no way. Well, I mean, he could have... He's so stoned. <laughs> could have stoned himself into a coma, and then the hand just dragged him around. Okay, if he's just smoking weed, that's not gonna fucking. Remember, that's he, not gonna put him out like that. Marie Blaine. I don't know. You're Omar. Um, Omar. He said Omar is a, a couch potato when he's stoned. Maybe <laughs> this guy just, ha, you know, has no idea what's going on. Hey, he can self-admittedly overtoast himself quite a bit. But still, I mean, come on. There's been like four murders. Yeah. Multiple, I'm... multiple murders in places like you know realize he killed his parents in his own house what's weird to me is that like that didn't bother me but the mom taking forever to dial 911 really bugged me (laughs) so dumb that brings me back to one of my favorite scenes like once he realizes that he killed his parents and his friends have come over seth green realizes he's the killer and he's like, I'm going to go call 911. What's the number? As he's walking away. <laughs> this is the kind of, this is the level of stoner that you're dealing with here. They have not just macrame themselves into the couch. They have... The 90s way overdid it with how they portrayed stoners. I think the stoners replaced what was like the kind of brain dead surfer boy archetype that they used yeah. to have. You had, like, the valley guy that was like, oh, my God, you know, all the time. And then it kind of moved into, like, they had a skater personality. And then it was just stoners. Yep. Just stoners. Uh, And they kind of gave a little bit more respect to stoners over a period of time. But they were the butt of jokes for quite a long time. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, still are. But, I mean... Come on. Well, Seth Seth Rogen in general has given a little bit more respect to the whole genre. That whole exactly. you know, Speaking of Seth Rogen, I, I just thought of this. This movie is kind of Pineapple Express before Pineapple Express was a 
right? a movie like this. I wonder if Seth Rogen watched this movie growing up and he was like, I'm going to make a movie like that one day. <laughs> right. Like Pineapple Express, but in the same town Halloween was filmed. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, that's exactly true. This this whole thing. So was, they actually used a lot of different sets. So this was filmed in the same town in Pasadena that um, Halloween was filmed because they like the area and the uh, no high lawns. Uh, but also the place where they where the dance took place is the same gymnasium that they use in both the Buffy movie and Heather's. You know, I thought it reminded me of Buffy, uh, <laughs> the movie, and I even put that in my notes to talk about that. It, I mean, it does. A lot of it does have the same sense of humor that uh, that Joss put into his movie. And they kind of both came out at the same time, didn't they? Those are fun little No. Movies. No. Right, what's, uh, this no. is way later. Way later? Yeah, yeah, this was that, that. I guess was Buffy like early '90s. Yes, early '90s, and this is the, this is like going out of the '90s. This film right. actually did horribly in the theaters. It's a great film, but it did badly in the theaters because its release date was right along the side of uh, the Columbine massacre, <laughs> and so there were a lot. Yeah, of, a lot of people were pissed about this because of that. A lot of the uh, Republican senators were rallying, as they do. They they as kind they of. Tried to. It wasn't just Republican senators. I think it was just senators in general at that point, because it wasn't so one-sided back then. It was kind of like they uh, they were rallying against violence in films, uh, kind of blaming a lot of what happened on you know movies that they had watched and thought they got inspiration from. Uh, so this film did horribly in the theaters because of that, and just gained a really big cult following afterwards. So we've we gotten to the we've gotten to the point in the film uh, where now he's downstairs and he's trying to explain to his buddies, oh my god, I am the killer. He goes, we got to do something about this, and uh, he's now realizing, just starting to realize that his hand is the reason why he's killing people. When he quickly dispatches both Seth Green and uh, and his buddy Eldon right there, or uh, Mick and Nub. Nub. I think it's Nub. I don't think that. I don't think P is. They've been pronouncing the P. Have they been and pronouncing it's pissing, the P? It's, it, it pisses me off so much. Why? Why do you do that? I hate it. I mean, technically, the P and the N are supposed to kind of blend together and just be nub. Supposed to. It makes no sense to pronounce the P. It unless you're. And it's been pissing me off the unless entire Unless you're a real movie. nub. <laughs> I'm calling him nub. You can go but what's funny is that Devin's character has a nub. <laughs> Elden, yeah, I'm going to, Elden is the nub who helps Anton sever his hand and end up with a nub. That was, there's a lot of creativity to that movie, too. Like, I didn't even think about that. He couldn't hold the hand down. Okay, make your buddy bite onto it. And then you right. see the, the disembodied, he's got the head here, and the body without the head just grabs the top of the hair, holds it in place. <laughs> I wouldn't have even so thought good. of that. That's, uh, that was brilliant. <laughs> That was actually a body double too. Like throughout most of the the film, before they reattached the head with the the uh, barbecue fork, <laughs> uh, they that was a body double for him. And they actually he had he had said Eldon had said he had to like sit in weird positions to be able to do several of the scenes, specifically <laughs> the one where he's sitting on the couch with his head in his own lap, and the body from like waist up. Was, it was like three different people because you had the legs. So you had one guy 
that was laying back and ha- was the legs. And then you had a fake body with arms, you know, working arms, and then you had him laying across the guy's body with his head back. Oh my god. So it was like three different people in one area trying to manage that one scene, and it worked pretty good. Yeah, they did really well. I appreciate the special effects makeup. I appreciate the bottle just stuck in Seth's head the entire movie. (laughs) So great. Which led to one of the best sight gags in the film where they're crawling through the vent ducts and he gets the bottle cap stuck. Yep. It's like, okay, that is unfortunate. (laughs) (laughs) I love how, like, Mick and Nub are just so nonchalant about everything the entire movie. They're just like, yeah, whatever. Okay, this is life now. Like, when they first discovered the dead bodies and then that song comes on the radio and they're just dancing. It's like, I didn't think they could play this anymore. And they, what was it? Oh, God. It was a horror. What, what was the name? Pop the Coochie? Something like that. I remember the song, too. It was one of those songs that they had. Uh, they, they were trying to ban from MTV, kind of like the uh, Two Live yeah. Crew thing. You know, all the, the censorship yeah. battles that they had over things that were just pointless in the end because... Let's be honest, teenagers are going to fucking listen to whatever the hell they want. Uh, you can ban it from TV, but they'll find another way to listen and watch. Trust me. I know. I did it. Uh, we all did. We all did. And we gave our ca- we gave our parents' computers aids with fucking LimeWire. Look, I try to I try to censor, censor uh, what Ben listens to or watches on occasion, and I mostly just kind of get a fuck you, Dad. I'm going to listen to it anyway. Yeah, right? I'm going to listen to it now just to spite you. I'll put my earbuds in so you don't have to hear it, too. I don't think you'd appreciate this. I go, <laughs> I, I grew up with, like, 2 Live Crew and all that shit. I I don't yeah. think what you're listening to, it's just, a, it's just a different spin on the same tune. That's all it is. Pretty much. <laughs> I hate the whole scene. Okay, so after he realizes that, you know, his parents are dead, his friends are dead, he's, like, <clears throat> thrown the cat out the window. <laughs> it goes looking for it. It's called playing fire engine. You just grab the cat by the tail. Okay, 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 no? okay. I fucking hate you for that. Um, <laughs> the whole scene where, like, he goes over to... What's her fucking name? Molly's house? Molly's house. Yeah. And, like, they're getting all flirty and shit, and he just, like, aggressively grabs her ass... And she's just, ah, oh my god, I never thought you'd be so bold to do that. And it's like, if someone grabbed me that aggressively, I would punch them in the fucking face and, okay. like, stab them. I'm going to qualify that by saying this. You're you. On the other hand, there are some people that actually, I'm not saying you do, you would, but there are people that kind of gravitate towards that aggressive male affection. I don't even know what you'd call it affection. Like, he no, grabbed her do hard. Not fucking, he grabbed her really fucking hard. Like, do not touch me without permission, Like bro. she what kept, the fuck? Her face kept going back and forth between what the fuck are you doing, and oh, you're being kinky, you know? It, yeah, uh, right? Like, I'm very... And just, like, choking her out while they're making out on the bed. And, and she's, like, she's rubbing her like, neck as he's tying his own wrist to the bed. Right? Uh... I don't know. I mean, mm. <laughs> I've never been a big Jessica Alba fan, anyways. So her character just annoys the crap out of me. I, I have Honestly, never same. seen a Jessica Alba movie that I enjoyed. I, I'll be honest with you. She fell into the romantic comedy genre 
pretty hard and really never got out of it. And there's maybe one movie where she had a bit part in it way back when. It was a Disney film with uh, Christopher Lloyd in it called Camp Nowhere. Yes. Oh my god! That is pretty much the only movie that Jessica Alba had anything to do with that I can watch with any seriousness. I love um, Never Been Kissed. She's in it, but she's not like a main main person in it i did not i i did not like her in that movie i just i like the movie but just not her honestly would love to watch camp nowhere again sometime soon camp nowhere well well, i'll put it on the list (laughs) we did that we did that movie not too long ago camp nowhere Uh, yeah camp nowhere and never been kissed camp oh well both but um camp nowhere oh did i miss that episode maybe i'm pretty sure we did it I was going to say, I may have missed that up. I'm going to have to go find that episode because that's a. I Sounds like that like movie. You did. So I feel disappointed in myself that I didn't search hard enough to find it. <laughs> I'm going to have to look yeah. it up. You can't search for something that you don't know exists. I True. know, but I've been trying to listen to everything they've done. I have like don't, eight hours, five days a week where I can listen up. to podcasts. Don't beat yourself up over one episode. You're good, bro. Okay. I mean, I will try. Do you know what movie that I came into listening to your podcast with? What? The Hottie and the Naughty. That is <laughs> what a great one. The, the way you guys <laughs> talked about that movie, that's when I fell in love with the podcast. And I was like, okay. Aww. Okay. Uh, and you guys have ended Aww. up in my permanent rotation ever since. <laughs> so well, thank you. You kind of, ha- so you guys kind of, ha- it felt like you had a love-hate relationship with the movie. Even though you guys ended up liking it a bit, yeah, it was. If you guys want to get a good feel for how their podcast is, go find that episode, "The Hottie and the Naughty." It's 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 good. It really it is. Thank you, thank you. I appreciated it. (laughs) Maybe we didn't do Camp Nowhere. I know we watched it. You need Um, to do an episode on Camp Nowhere then. Yes, because I do like that movie. It's a great film. I love Christopher Lloyd. You can never go wrong with Christopher Lloyd. If you get a chance to look up an old Christopher Lloyd uh, film called The Dream Team, fantastic film about four mental patients who end up getting lost in New York. Word. Yeah, it's, it was a good film. Back when you could kind of make... It's one of those movies, I will say this beforehand, You might some people might get triggered by some of the humor because it's a, it is a 1980s film about mental patients yeah. in a comedic fashion. And so some of the jokes that you pull back in the eighties are not. They're ones not going to be PC. Yeah, you're not. You're not going to like the same way you do now. <laughs> PC is yeah. overrated. I <laughs> think so too. I think people have have kind of crossed the line with PC. I really do. Like I don't know. It's subjective. There's a, there's a point where either you, you can take a joke. You know, some of this stuff is just a joke. And you can take a joke and not be oversensitive and laugh, ha, 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 ha. Or you fight tooth and nail because it's a joke that you feel has triggered you and is directed... If you got into that point and literally it's not a joke that was directed at you or has anything to do about you... Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's... I've seen too many people like, guess what? When you start speaking up and fighting violently for somebody else's problems, you're basically saying that you personally feel that they can't stand up for themselves. I mean, I, I do I do feel that way. 
it's it's sort of like okay let's let's put I mean, it this it's, way it's okay so it's good to like you know fight side by side with people for their problems but like it's it's it, good it, to it fight side by side every yeah yes i i don't, agree don't with act that. like their problems are your problems just like just be a good side character but to be an armchair troll that doesn't have anything to do with other people and yeah. just fighting for the sake of kind of getting in there and just starting shit Being up. nosy. Yeah. There's, I want to stir the pot. There's far too many of those people, as far as I'm concerned, and I think it kind of detracts from the point of other people standing up for themselves. Yeah. So, I kind of take a position of, I support you, and if you want me to speak up, I'll speak up. You know? Outside of that, I believe that I believe I'll stand right behind you and say you you go ahead and defend yourself tooth and nail if that's how you feel. But I'm not yeah. going to be the one I, I, unless you say, hey, you know what? I could use a little bit of help here. I'm not going to be the one just speaking up and kicking ass for you because I don't have any personal place doing that. I'll support you though. <laughs> Felt that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, back about the movie. Back about the movie, yes. We I keep saying back about the movie, like that's a fucking phrase. Back to the movie. Well, we kind of occasionally... This, this, <laughs> word vomit. This oh, is that the problem looks with so us. fucking good. This is, this is our problem in general. We've cultivated a podcast that has no literal direction, so we kind of have to take a moment every five seconds or so and drag ourselves kicking and screaming back to the point. <laughs> <laughs> So let's fast forward through a little bit of the movie. We get we get the initial scene where we get basically we've gone through a few things. We've ignored a couple of Jessica Alba scenes because I think in general nobody really wants to talk about Jessica Alba too too much. Uh, Correct. I think, I think, and this is just me. Jessica Alba was there because she kind of was what Dev, uh, Devin Sawa was back then, and she was the eye candy for the guys whereas Devin yeah. was the eye candy for the girls for this film which I think that the gratuitous scene at the end of the movie I don't think was necessary at all personally it was actually <laughs> and then he fucking dies or no he, no, he doesn't, doesn't die, die. He fucking like he gets crushed and then chooses not to go to heaven right uh, I, I don't so understand dumb I don't understand why she would believe that he chose not to go to heaven to stick around with her. But then when he sees angels, the angels of his friends, she doesn't believe him, just thinks he's having a fever dream. No, the nurse the, the, the nurse said that he was having a fever dream. Well, I, I know, but she agreed, and they both left the room. You know, she could have <laughs> said, no, 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 I've seen some shit with this guy. I know well, what's going she's on, you know. portrayed as, like, this ditzy fucking idiot. She's a mus- <laughs> she's supposed to be a musician and a singer songwriter in this film, and a bassist, I guess. Uh, yeah, she didn't Something do a like good that. job portraying her role at all. Uh uh-uh. uh-uh. <sighs> There are some roles that empower females, and there are some roles that just set things back a little bit. And I think her role in this kind of was a setback. Even Vivica A. Fox's role in this was kind of a setback, really. After um fucking Kill, Kill Bill? Bill, absolutely. Oh yeah, that was a setback. Like she, she was a respectable actress back in the nineties, early two thousands. But this film, like in general, it didn't portray her acting abilities in a good light at all. I don't think. No. No. I am just, I am just over talking. Like I am. Just <laughs> blah blah blah. blah. I, okay, so let's let's go forward when they're at the dance. 
Moving forward to the dance. Moving forward to the dance. Let's move forward to the dance. (laughs) That whole fucking scene, he, like, jumps on stage while, what, The Offspring is playing? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah. The Offspring is playing the Ramones, as I said earlier, (laughs) wearing the Rancid shirt. The lead yeah. singer of The Offspring is wearing the rancid shirt anyway. I didn't actually check out the, the groups that were portrayed on the other people's t-shirts. I wasn't really paying attention to their clothes. No? No. no. I was. I, I don't know what I was paying attention to. Their faces. I was like, do I know them? I definitely know them. But that's that's not who wrote that song. That's kind of where I was too. I was like, I yeah. know who this group is. Well, they, uh, they said this is the guy that wrote the film, and I'm not wrote the film, that directed the film, my apologies. The, a girl wrote the film. It was a, a female writer, uh, Terry that Hughes. That makes sense. Um, it does. <laughs> but Rodman, is it Rodman Flender, I believe? Uh, he directed the film, and he had said that he kind of had a, he, a, a, like a punk mentality to the film, and throughout the entire film, he kind of littered it with so, some kind of some punk, uh, punk music for the most part. But... Like, they had that one slip where they were using uh, Rob Zombie, which is definitely not punk at all. Uh, no! Uh, that When he was in his white zombie phase, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, something uh, like that. But, yeah, they he sort of had a punk thing, and he was like, well, this is a little late. I think Joey Ramone had already passed away at this point, so it was a little late to use the Ramones for this particular film. So they got another... They could have paid the royalties and fucking used the original music. They could have. They were they were actually... And just, uh, like, had someone lip sync. There were a few songs that they wanted for the uh, movie that they did not end up getting a hold of because yeah. of the amount of money that it would have taken to license that music. Like, uh, the end scene of the movie where... Uh, where Mick and Nub are ascending the staircase, they wanted Stairway to Heaven playing. But, of uh, course, Stairway to Heaven is an astronomical amount of money to license. So, yeah, uh, they used um, modern punk at the time, which was Offspring was very big in the 90s. Uh, still big. With good reason. They're fucking amazing. They are. <laughs> I agree. It even took me a minute to realize who was on the fucking stage. Even though I know the singer, like, on sight. Uh, but he was much younger back then. So it was yeah. like, yeah. he has a bit of age to him now. And it's like, uh, is that is that who I... And it, I had to wait to listen to the interview on the DVD with the uh, the director. And he was like, yeah, we, we had the offspring. It's like, we couldn't use the Ramones. However, we could get somebody else to cover the Ramones. So... There we go. That's where we end up. I want to be sedated in the middle of the uh, the first song in the middle of the dance. Yeah. And uh, fucking... So Anton jumps up on stage and he's like, Oh my god, there's a, a psycho killer on the loose and da da da. And he fucking... I cut my arm off and it's gonna kill everybody. He gets shoved <laughs> off by the lead singer. And then not even like two seconds later, the hand jumps up and scalps the dude. Love it. I we fucking sk- love that shit. We skipped over one of my favorite deaths in the movie. Just a few moments before we get into the band, to the band music, okay. to the actual dance itself. You know, all this stuff's happening outside still. They're trying to get to the uh, to the dance. He's trying to basically save. Uh, oh, the couple Jessica making Alba. out in the car. Nope, not the couple making out in the car. The principal. 
the principal. <laughs> he is using the school phone for phone sex. And the hand starts climbing up his leg. And he's like, wow, this is so good. I, it's like I can feel you. He goes, wait a minute. I can feel you. And, uh, of course, they pull away before the actual, you know, the hand pops up out of the zipper. And you know what's going to happen next. Of course, yeah. he's dead from the trauma. Blood all over the wall. And if you notice all over the wall, all the blood, a lot of the blood was just in two ball-like splotches in de- several different places. I noticed that! I was gonna say something it, was, it like almost looks like they just it, 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 just tapped their hands or tapped like a tennis ball like, or something. What was the hand just climbing little, like, up the wall and just gel. slapping testicles on the wall as it was leaving? I I don't understand. <laughs> well, I Probably. think that's what they were trying to insinuate anyway. Uh, oh my god. There weren't a that lot of... makes so much sense. There weren't a lot of deaths that I didn't appreciate. That scene that you mentioned where the couple was in the car, both wearing kiss makeup, they actually said that was one of the tougher scenes for him to um, do. The guy, uh, what's his name? Hart there, Christopher Hart? Christopher Hart. He said it was one of the toughest scenes to do because, like, I guess he used, uh, the director used uh, more PC language to try to get him to do what he needed to in that scene. And he's just sitting there waiting for his cue, and the the director's like, "Paint the canvas, canvas, Christopher." And he's like, "What? I don't understand. Paint the canvas, Christopher." And that doesn't make any sense. He's basically trying to, in a PC way, tell him to do what he had to do in that scene, which is basically grope this girl's chest. Uh, Grab her boobs, Christopher. <laughs> right. And he's trying to say, "Paint the." Ca-. He's trying to be PC about it, be nice, a little less crude oh, about it. Because I guess the director in the past actually worked on sets where they were very crude about saying, you know, just grab her breast, you know. Or probably less... Yeah. They, they probably used less PC words, you know. Grab her tit, yeah, you know, probably. whatever. And uh, he had no idea what was going on. Like, what do you mean paint the canvas? He's like, I, I felt a little stupid. It was a tough scene. <laughs> I was a little uncomfortable because I'm down here underneath them with my arm, like, up here. <laughs> so... We're in the we're in the dance, and obviously we have uh, the lead singer of Offspring is scalped on stage in the middle yeah. of everything. Uh, first thought in my head was, you know, he kind of wouldn't look too bad bald. Like he could shave, he could shave. He wouldn't look Honestly, bad. Felt that. I yeah. mean, yeah, it's kind of bloody. I wouldn't scalp him. Don't shave too deep, but. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the lead singer would have looked bad bald at all. So he could he could cut off those bleach blonde locks if he ever wants to, but he seems to stick with the same hair color. It's not his natural hair color. You can see the roots underneath. <laughs> now tell me, if you were at an actual concert and someone hadn't just come in and said, a killer's on the loose, would you think that was just like a stage effect? And you'd be like, this concert's badass! <laughs> I mean, I I probably would considering it's a Halloween costume compl- uh, right. Halloween costume contest dance thing. Yeah, with it being paired. Oh, well, that was great. By being Halloween, I think that people could have taken it as a joke, and even Mick and Nub standing in the audience kind of passed it off as a joke because they're standing with these two girls, like, yeah, yeah he killed me yesterday. They're <laughs> all. <laughs> So, that's cool about everything. The uh, one thing that Terry Hughes did say is that she had written this movie, the Seth Green parts, she had written with a certain voice in her head, 
And she said she was amazed by Seth Green because the way that he took the film, the way that he did, delivered every single one of his lines, it was like he was speaking with the voice she had in her head while she was writing it. Ah, that's great. She probably pictured him and just didn't realize. Well, I've always thought... Oh, absolutely. I've always thought that Seth Green was a really great actor. I've seen him in so many movies, even way back when he was like a little kid acting alongside of Allison Hannigan in uh, My Stepmother's an Alien. Doesn't he, like, <laughs> run Robot Chicken? Yeah, he does Robot Chicken now, but he's always been a yeah. great comedic actor. He's brilliant, exactly. as far as I'm concerned, and a little underused. And personally, I think even if Mike Myers wasn't available, they definitely should have had a Scott Evil movie. They definitely should have. Like, they didn't do an Austin Powers sequel after the Gold Member thing, but I think that the way that they played it, they could have definitely moved on and just had Scott Evil do his own thing. For I sure. I think he has enough presence to pull off a lead in a movie and not always have to be the buddy in the film. I love Seth Green. Um, I think Can't Hardly Wait is one of my all-time favorite movies, and he's like phenomenal in that movie. You know, and honestly, that movie got so, uh, I want to say, beaten down at the time that it came out. And as a standalone movie by itself, it is a really good film, as far as I'm concerned. But I think there were so many teen comedies of the same type that came out at the same time that it was difficult to really stomach another one when it came out. Uh I think he did a this really... the best one of all of them, I think, personally. Personally, yes, and if they had released it a little earlier, I think it would have done a lot better. But with as late in that in mass influx of, of teen comedies was, I think that that's where, where it kind of got a lot of its... Uh, it got dragged really hard by critics. I think it wasn't given a, a chance because of the oversaturation of the market at the time. So, it, I think it has a pretty good cult following, too, if I'm not mistaken. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so, after Offspring gets uh, unceremoniously scalped on stage by a newly pencil-sharpened thing, I don't know what to call it. It's just the Hand of Anton. Anton's Hand, yeah. That w- Actually, that's a, that's a really good name for a movie, The Hand of Anton Tobias. Oh, my <laughs> God. Fantastic. That's a, like a old, like, 50s horror film right there. Nice black and white. <laughs> uh, Dude, that sounds fucking perfect. Sounds like something Vincent Price would do. It does. Honestly, yeah. Good name for a Vincent Price movie. Yeah, obviously, this is uh, posthumous. He's not with us anymore, but... <laughs> Can we just have his Damn hand? Damn him. Just his hand. I started... Okay, so I was doing those cardboard cutouts for Halloween at my office, and fucking the the, the black silhouette things. And I was doing a cutout of Pavi Lago from fucking uh, Repo the Genetic Opera. Yeah. My boss was like, what happened to the Vincent Price one? I'm like, first of all, it's not Vincent Price, and second of all, it looked like shit, so clearly it's not gonna make the cut. What was he mistaking for Vincent Price? She mistake mis- mistook Pavi Lago. Oh, what? The guy with the face, yeah. The he guy with the face stapled on? Yeah. What? How? I don't know. I don't know. 
There's I can't think of a movie where Vincent Price looked like that. Nope. Like there's a couple of I I have no idea. There were a couple of like Joker comic books where he had a face kinda like that. Where he was stealing people's faces and strapping it on like it was a mask, but not no. (laughs) I okay. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, that's that far cry between the two things. (laughs) <laughs> you need to sit this person down and let them watch Repo the Genetic Opera. I'm thinking they don't know what that movie oh, is. Oh, I was going through my whole office like, everybody needs to watch this fucking movie. It's a classic. We don't watch it because it's good. We watch it because it's fucking, like, it, it, it's classic. Hey, when we did that movie for this podcast, you had a lot of shit to sling about that. You had a lot. Because, you remember, you, you had a yeah, whole thing about Yeah, because it's a terrible the- fucking movie, but, like, I love it. <laughs> it was the director that you had the problem with. Oh yeah, absolutely. You had some big problems with the director and some of his antics. Yeah, this is with good reason. This is when we were we were experiencing the mass influx of political Miss B. Truth. <laughs> yeah, you still do it. On anyway, occasion. We're, we're trying to avoid. Let's go back. We're trying to avoid talking about another Jessica Alba scene. Let's move back into it. Uh, <laughs> Damn it, Jessica Alba. Uh, so we have Molly and Tanya who have gone into the duct work to try to escape the hand and of course that doesn't work because it's a duct work in the school and where do you think the hand's gonna go easiest place to get to and from up and down is through the duct work this just uh. stupid and Tanya has no love no love for Anton at all <laughs> cause she's like let's save ourselves fuck fuck Anton so no wait Anton will be fine She's like, let's save ourselves. Anton will be fine. No, I, I say what you mean. You said fuck Anton. Well, to be fair, the hand never killed him. I mean, exactly. True. It's his hand, and it's. I don't think it was looking to kill him, but apparently it was looking to drag Jessica Alba uh, to hell with it. That was actually the original version okay, of when, the movie. When he, when um, fucking Mick and Nub accidentally let it out of the microwave right <laughs> it went to her house and like wrote on the wall in blood she's gonna be mine or some shit like that she's mine yeah was it the wall or was it was it like the fence outside of the house or the fence i don't know it was somewhere it wrote that she's gonna be she's mine she's mine yes i uh, just like meanwhile they're going through the duck and then we have um nub and what's the other kid's name mick 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 are talking. He's like, I could have, I could have had sex with her. And he's like, Oh yeah, man. Yeah, I'm sure like that. That would happen. <laughs> so, giving him a hard time. Right, and they were, they were. I, there was that whole scene. He's with like, he's two making, making out. out. Uh, Nub's making out with Tanya, and fucking Mick walks up, and he's like, Dude, that's fucking disgusting. That's that's necrophilia. What that's the fuck? illegal. What are you doing? <laughs> she doesn't know he's dead. Like, I think that's illegal. <laughs> I mean, technically. I love- is it illegal the entire to have fucking sex movie, with the living the only dead? one with, like, any kind of logical thinking. Yes. Is it technically necrophilia if it's the living dead? Yes, it's still dead. I mean, technically alive at it's that point. It's dead flesh. It it's is dead, dead flesh. flesh. But he's able to say yay or nay, so, I mean, you know. Yeah. It's consensual, but it's still dead flesh. Consensual necrophilia. That's that's Yeah. Weird. Uh, that's a band right there. Right, consensual. Oh. Ne- you're right. That's, <laughs> right. That that is that is a death metal band if I ever heard one. Right? It's consensual necrophilia. Uh, that is 
Uh, I am glad. I am happy that Tanya bit it the way that she did. I really am. Yes. Just, she was really annoying the shit out of me. I am not happy. I am not happy that Anton came in and saved the day at the last moment and did not accidentally turn his girlfriend into a pancake. <laughs> I Like I said, I didn't like Jessica Alba in this film, so I was looking I forward to Pancake for Girl. Like, I, re- I remember watching this when I was a kid, and I, like, I had no idea it was a comedy when I was a kid. <laughs> I was just like, this is weird. I kind of like it. <laughs> you know, for some reason, I had it in my head that when he the next day comes and he's not he has his hand and his parents aren't dead and i was like that didn't happen what why did i think that that happened (laughs) i didn't realize that he had killed his parents at first like i had i had had a slight mental disconnect that they were talking about that he was anton and they were talking about anton so i I didn't realize that they were talking about their own son at first. I thought they just yeah. got killed by some serial murderer. I, he, I'm under the bed, you know. So it, it wasn't until he knocked them out of their little, uh, I guess he they hid them inside of the scarecrows that they used to. Yeah, with the pumpkin heads. Decorate the front window and the pumpkin heads fall off and there's mom, Ma and Pa Kettle dead on the ground. He said that he hadn't seen his parents for a few days. You think he would smell them by then? You would think. You would think. If it was a few days, how long was that eyeball on the floor? Right? Okay, like, okay, so they they make a point to, like, make you know that, that, that he's not paying attention to anything in the house except for the TV or his headphones. Right. Like, he's making a whole ass sandwich with a bloody fucking knife. TV, headphones, and the primatine mist inhaler that is now a little little pipe. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. I mean, I guess you can have also, your drugs on you at all times. You're just carrying it around as an inhaler. Also, um, do you think it's his decision to live in the attic, or like, that was the only... I mean, they had a lot of bedrooms. They did, but I, I feel like it was... Like, halfway his decision, halfway his parents, like, oh, we don't want to smell the weed that's rising through the house. (laughs) Well, being at the highest point in the house, I think it probably was his decision because it's the best way to hide most of what he's doing. I'm up here. You know? I can pull up the ladder and you guys, you know, pull up the ladder, pull up the string. You guys can't come up here if I don't watch up here. Yeah. Because technically, from up here in the attic, you can retract that string if you have the have access to it. a little loopy thing on the other end. Right. Uh, so I think it was more his decision to live in the attic than anything else because... Probably. Mo- most stoners, you see a lot of stoners in movies, a lot of them, they're either in the basement or they're in the attic. One of the two. Yep. So I want the basement bedroom or the attic bedroom, you know. One of the two. So getting... We're, we're getting on to the end of the movie here. And so they... The ending of the movie was actually refilmed. So what you see as the... Ori- I sent you guys the uh, the clip that shows the original ending to the film. Oh my god, I didn't watch it. You didn't watch it. Oh no. So oh no. I didn't watch it either. <laughs> I didn't know there was like... I, I didn't, I didn't know there was, know there was a clip in the chat. So the, uh, the original ending was not along the lines of the same theme as the rest of the film. So basically... Oh wow, it's 
right there. It's the first fucking message in the chat. Yep. <laughs> first message in the chat. Sorry, guys. Sorry about that, Chris. It's okay. I'll give, I'll give a quick explanation. Uh, anybody that's actually watched the DVD has already seen the deleted scene, which was the original beginning of the uh, ending of the movie, where the whole thing takes place. The hand is actually trying to drag Jessica Alba through a portal back to hell. You know, you end up with Mick and uh, Ant- uh, Mick and uh, Nub in football in like football gear, trying to save Jessica Alba and help keep her from hell. Vivica A. Fox had a larger role in the very end of the movie than she had in the uh, original ending, or the one that ended up in the actual movie. And the whole Stairway to Heaven scene, instead of how they had it there, they were actually ascending the stairs in the football uniforms. So, it was, they were surrounded by... I don't remember by... that. It was not... It didn't test well with audiences originally. So it wasn't as humorous as the rest of the film and ended up being a little bit more serious. And so when the studio had realized that it wasn't it didn't test well, they brought everybody back to refilm a completely new ending, which is where the uh auto shop bong came from, which I thought was honestly brilliant and I think I think they said that uh Seth Green improvised his line at the very end where he gets the knife to the chest, and the hand just goes. Poof. He's like, "Wait, what? That's it? No That's explosion? It? No? Poof. No? Ah! You know? <laughs> no hellfire? Yeah, no hellfire. Uh, I I love that the entire ending of the film. He's not fighting with the hand anymore. He's fighting with a fucking hand puppet, whose facial expressions yeah. keep changing. <laughs> so the it's hand puppet perfect. itself has been it, it's possessed and I really felt that it, I personally would have loved the ending of the film and this is just me rewriting it a little bit because he's trying to yank that hand puppet out to kind of make it so he can get the car to descend yeah and I really think that he should have accidentally squished his own girlfriend I think that would have been a perfect ending <laughs> to the movie because he was so stoned from that big hit off of uh, exactly <laughs> the bomb, yeah. <laughs> and I wouldn't, we wouldn't have had to deal with the the schmaltzy ending where he's all where he's in traction and she's like, you 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 didn't go to heaven for me, you know, you you didn't go to heaven to stick around and hang out with me. And it's like, D- really, you didn't go to heaven for that? Okay, I mean, you do you. That's fine. I mean. Yeah, he already got to fuck, so... Did he? He did, at the beginning of the movie, where he's, like, tying his hand off. No. Didn't he leave before he did anything? I remember him diving out the window, pulling his pants up. He left before he did anything. He he did nothing. He got none. (laughs) None. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were just making out. Oh, well... They Damn. were making out, and she was getting bruise marks left on her by his uh, demonic hand assaulting her. Yeah. Yeah. Which she hmm. took as kinky, apparently. I definitely thought they fucked. Uh, I just, I know I have this movie. Do I have it on VHS, or do I have it on DVD? Not sure. Couldn't find it. But I know I've seen that part where they're descending into heaven with the football gear on and that makes more sense now because i was like i'm pretty sure this is not how the movie ends i 
yeah. think that they released the first time they released the alternate ending was on uh, DVD, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. So yeah, must I must have it on DVD? I and, just couldn't find it. Unless you got a uh, unless you got an original director's cut, I don't know if there was one for VHS. I think it's more than likely DVD. I got whatever Blockbuster probably had for me to buy. Right. This was in the Blockbuster <laughs> window, like, every Halloween. One of their big Blockbuster films. You know, this was Halloween for them. Idle Hands. You always saw it when, when uh, Halloween popped up. This shit paved up. the way for fucking Seth Rogen and Harold and Kumar and all of them. Without Idle Hands, we have no Shaun of the Dead. Facts. Right. <laughs> all right. We're going to go ahead and take uh, five seconds to slip on over to let our uh, sponsors speak for themselves. And we will be right back with the second half of the podcast and a nice little pitch storm. All right. Thank you for uh, bearing with us for our sponsors. And we're going to go ahead and sit back for just a moment and go over the last little bits of the film that we watched for this week. Kind of going over uh, one by one. We can go over uh, favorite actors, actresses, so on and so forth, favorite death scene, and maybe little tidbits that we didn't get to talk about while we were trying to walk through the film from beginning to end. Not necessarily in the least ADHD way we could think of. <laughs> and uh, we're gonna, we'll are gonna go ahead and start with you, Miss B. Yeah. I'm oh, oh okay. I, okay, <laughs> we're starting with me. Okay, yes. favorite characters, uh, for sure, Mick and Nub. Mick and Nub? I mean, you can't really mention one without the other. No, no. Okay, go ahead. They they come as a package deal. Um, (laughs) Least favorite characters, definitely the cops and Molly. The cops. I kind of liked the cops a little bit. I fucking hated the cops. Because they kind of reminded me of a few kids that I grew up with that went from being kind of like the the nerdy guys and then they found themselves into a position of power it's like well now that I have this position of power I'm gonna kinda use it to get a little bit of revenge on the people that used to cause me issues that whole scene you never thought to ask us to get high behind the bleachers now did you and he's like you guys were nerds you guys are yeah I mean okay Uh, favorite death scene oh uh hmm Honestly, I I just watched that alternate ending. I would have been fucking... It doesn't even have to be favorite death scene. That whole scene right there, they should have fucking kept that shit. So it took us a few minutes uh, more than our sponsors to get back from our break here because Miss B decided to take the time to watch the alternate ending that we did Finally. not get to watch before actually recording the podcast. Yeah. So. Didn't even realize it was the first message in the fucking chat. Um, favorite death scene, though? Hi, I'm gonna have to. You're gonna have to come back to me on that one. Favorite death scene, okay. And uh, Sarah. Um, yeah. So obviously, Mick and Nub are my probably favorite. Um, Anton, obviously as well. Um, I do love when he has the knitting needles, and he's trying to knit, and the cops come in. He's like, "I can't stop knitting. You guys gotta put the cuffs on me." And they're like. Put the new needles down. He's like, put the cuffs on me. He's like, put the needles down. That whole part is hilarious. That whole scene. Um, and Seth Green is fabulous. <laughs> yeah. Very true. Very true. Um, and I would say my favorite death scene, oh, probably that one, just, you know, stabbing him with the needles and like, all of that. I, I just love that. 
right through the neck, and then uh, the the other cop gets the taser to the face, and you go through the, the mm-hmm. progression of his face frying. It was through his ears. Was it through his ears? Oh, his that's ears. right. That's right. It's like right through the skull. Yeah. Okay, I didn't. Yep. You're right. You're right. Why did I think it was lower, like through the neck? I don't, I don't know. know. You, you you were on some like Frankenstein shit. I, I'm always distracted just a little bit, so sometimes you have to write the ship of my brain every once in a while. Uh, okay, anything else? Nope, that that was all I had. Okay. So, I mean, I guess it's sort of a general consensus that Mick and Nub are probably some of the best characters in the entire film. Um, mm-hmm. I would even go so far to say as I kind of like Randy. Randy's sort of that... Uh, he he's the gearhead guy through the throughout the entire film. He's constantly worried about his Ford, and even when he attacks Anton when they finally get to the dance, he's attacking him because of the fact that he touched his Ford. No one touches my Ford. Uh, yeah, and then he's like, uh, "Don't you think you're taking it a little too far, kitten?" When she goes <laughs> to like try and kill him. Right, right. And he has the. You end up with the gear. He wants he to beat him up. He doesn't want to kill him. The yeah. gearhead who is in a relationship now with a druidic priestess, which just okay. I wouldn't so much call it a relationship, more like a situationship. Well, you know, I kind of love how he, um, like his truck is his pride and joy, and I kind of thought that they would do what they did in um, uh, Harold and Kumar when they are listening to music, and it like you know is Wilson Phillips. Like, I kind of thought that that would happen. You know, I haven't seen this movie in so long. And a part of me was like, oh, I wonder if that's going to happen. But I didn't. No, no, unfortunately not. And I also kind of like, I mean, I think I've mentioned this several times throughout the film, but there should have been more Fred Willard in this film. Mm-hmm. I, love his, mm-hmm. I love his comedic timing. I always have. Uh, rest Thanks. in peace, Fred Willard. That being said, best death scene I'm going to have to, personally, I'm going to have to give to Tanya. I just, I love not only the fact that they drop her from the ceiling by her neck, but then he pulls the pin on the fan, and immediately it pulls her back up right into the fan. Yeah. So, you don't get to see it. I mean, I would have liked a little bit more gore in the film. Best gore really ends up being, you know, the guy from Offspring getting scalped. I was going to say, I like the scalping from Offspring. I don't know if that was, like, that killed him, though, did it? It may have. I mean, from the shock. I don't know. I, I don't know what happened to the band afterwards. Trampled to death? If nothing else, he's going to have some really, really harsh reconstructive surgery in the future. You know? Yeah. He's going to end up having a haircut much like that guy from The Prodigy. Uh, <laughs> kind of a horseshoe spike of hair. So. No, not even. Like, he can he can go completely bald, get a fucking, like, skin... Skin graft and hair transplant. And then just tattoo his entire skull. I mean, <laughs> make it look badass. Why am I thinking of like sodding the green here? Like that can you can they do that? Like somebody can you donate your scalp when you pass away? Can they like just yeah. transfer somebody's scalp onto yours? Yeah. That's like a total fucking actual real thing that can happen. You know, just sodding as your long skull. As the flesh like, is still living living. Like you're on the ninth green there, just Anyway, <laughs> as long as uh, the flesh is living and the blood uh, blood type matches, it should fucking work. Anything you guys felt that we missed before we move on? I mm-hmm. I think 
Sarah brought up the thing that she wanted to talk about that we missed. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. God, I sound like a dick. <laughs> no. I, I I think you're you're mistaken that we 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 brought it up when we were not recording. Yeah, I know. I know. I was I was just kidding. Oh. Oh. Well, then let's move on. <laughs> uh, so we had a little bit of a discussion, and we are going to go ahead and do our pitch storm. But ex- as opposed to what we normally do, where we draw cards from a deck, today we are bringing back the three lead characters from the original film, Anton, Mick, and Nub, played by the same actors, along with, hopefully, Christopher Hart as the hand. And we are going to f- go ahead and pitch... Idle Hands 2. And we're going to go ahead and let uh, Sarah, our guest here, take the first swing at setting up our pitch for the day. Okay, um, so we have Anton, and he is now older. He's a family man. Um, He is a um, used car salesman. And uh, people are finding dead bodies in the back of these used cars that he's selling. Uh, with his one handshake promise, um, and uh, yeah, that's 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 what came to mind. <laughs> I love okay. it. Okay, so uh, I love Anton the used car on... car salesman shit. <laughs> so he's like a slacker used car salesman, which is mm-hmm. kind of an interesting environment because now you can have several different people that work the floor with him, his boss. You can almost make this rather than a home based comedy, which it was like a you know high school home base thing to a workplace thing because he's now what in his 40s yeah yeah okay he and molly had kids and they got divorced and fucking she left with the kids she, like, and he's gone back she to moved that. to the other side of the country or some shit he's kept his job and has gone back to his stoner ways which drags seth green and eldon as mick and nub back out of the grave to deal with him Mm-hmm. And they're just chilling nonchalant about everything. They're like, "Hey, man, what's good? How's it going?" I think no. I think the initial reaction should just be, "What the fuck?" Like you were good for so long. What the fuck? You no, because their whole characters are like, "Oh, whatever, fucking, we're just gonna go with the flow." Well, the initial reaction when they first they, came they out died. The, they died when they were teenagers. They didn't. They don't age. The initial reaction when they first came out of the grave was to smack him over the head with a shovel do you Mm -hmm. think that they won't react the same way by being dragged out of heaven and back into the bodies of the corpses that they originally inhabited oh that's gonna be gross well he's not gonna recognize them because they're gonna be you know looking like other people right so i'm I'm, you know so i'm wondering if corpses are like they're long good like deteriorated and shit so I'm wondering if we bring them back as ghosts, or do we bring them back as... Do we bring them back corporeal? Like I think that they would be hot chicks, and so <laughs> he sees them as that, but we see them as themselves, you know? Okay, so I feel That's like... hilarious. Every a, time they pass a mirror, they're like, there are a couple of really hot chicks. There's a yeah. scene in heaven. Yeah. Vivica A. Fox has since been killed and gone that way. She sends them back down. Mm-hmm. And they are supposed to inhabit the first dead bodies they can find to go and... Because they, they can't be corporeal unless they inhabit a corpse, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Like they did as the living dead. So 
they're supposed to inhabit the first dead bodies they find, they accidentally end up in the dead bodies of two teenage girls. Okay. So we can use... I don't know. Uh, who, who do you want to use? Let's not go with teenagers again. Yeah, they should be older. Okay, so we're let's, not going to... Let's go with, like, girls' late 20s, early 30s. Okay. Okay. So we have... We mind you, we have to find two people that can pull off acting like Seth Green and Eldon Hansen because that's who's in their bodies. Uh, I feel there's a couple of actresses that could kind of pull it off. I think Anna Faris. Oh yes, could probably oh pull off a Seth Green. Mm-hmm. I think Eldon <gasps> Hansen. Go ahead. Busby Phillips. Busy Phillips is it Busby? Bu- yeah, is it Busby? Busy, bu- whatever. You know who Phillips. I'm talking about. Is that uh yeah. is that the girl from uh Oh god, yes I know. She was from White Chicks. Yes. She big part of that movie. Uh yeah, yeah I know who you're talking about. I think yeah, she that would actually nub. work really good as uh as Nub. Yeah. And I think Miss B's taking a moment to Google Busy Phillips. Okay, Phillips. yep. Yep, I know who you're talking Yes. They would work very well together. Anna Ferris and Busy Phillips as Mick mm-hmm. and Nub. And the only time yeah. The only time that you can really tell they are who they are is if they pass by, like, a mirror or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. And you see them in their ghostly forms. And they're told that if they can't get Anton back on track, they go to the other place, you mm-hmm. know? So, basically, they're they're in heaven off of the fact that they saved him, and he's gone back to the dark side, and if they can't save him from it, they end up getting ejected from heaven and sent back down to hell. So that's their entire purpose, and I, I have okay. I have an idea for the devil. I do. I want I, I want I want to put somebody back in hell that was already there before. Okay. It's a comedy, so let's go with Adam Sandler. <laughs> Adam Sandler as the devil that's waiting on these two people's souls, and we go back and forth between Vivica A. Fox in heaven and Adam Sandler both making bets on whether or not they can get him back. Okay. I was going to say Skeet Ulrich, but I kind of like Adam Sandler. <laughs> I think Skeet should be one of the guys on the... Uh, I was thinking Skeet Ulrich, but as part of one of the guys that gets killed. Okay. So you know how he initially kills his buddies, and they come back yeah. as the undead. I think he should have a couple of people that do kind of the same thing. I don't think... The- well, he's... Go ahead. I was going to say, he's definitely going to kill his asshole boss. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. He's like a dick. Um, and the guy who's really good at selling cars that, you know, has both hands and makes fun of him for only having one. Okay, I think that guy should be Skeet. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, right, right. I think that I, I would like to see both Skeet Ulrich and Matthew Lillard in this film. I was going to say Adam Scott yes. for the boss, but Matthew Lillard's good too. Ad- oh, Adam Scott. Yeah. I actually kind of like the idea of Adam Scott as the boss. Honestly, I was kind of thinking Kevin Spacey. Ooh. Well, that's because a He's lot a of people want to see... He's a terrible fucking person. He'd be a great devil. He'd be... No, no, I mean, I'm talking about, like, the shitty boss. Well, yeah, I know, but I was just thinking he'd be a great devil as well. Yeah. Would you... Do you think that he might make a better devil than Adam Sandler? Like, in this particular yeah. setting? Like, I like Adam Sandler as a comedian, but... I think that maybe Kevin Spacey might play a more convincing devil. Like, yeah. 
Okay. Adam Sandler could be his, uh, like, henchman, you know? <laughs> Put him back in the kind of, like, little Nicky role, almost. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I kind of... I or like Adam that. Sandler could be the guy that fucking um, Anton starts buying weed off again. <laughs> right? Right. His, de- his yeah. supplier. His supplier. His, his new supply. His new dealer. He lives with him. It's his dealer. He's his roommate. He basically <laughs> lives with his dealer after his wife moved out. So it's... Okay. Now, he lost the house. He lost where, the kids uh, and ended up having to move in with his dealer. Is there a space where Adam... Adam, K- Adam McKay could be in there? Is that, his, is that his name? Well, we got to have a lot of different things, you know. So we have to, I mean, we're having dead bodies ending up everywhere. So we could have a detective that's kind, Ooh, of, yeah. kind of hunting him down. Uh, how do you feel about Adam McKay and Jake Busey as a team? You I don't know, know who Jake Busey have you, is. Have you seen the uh, Frighteners? The movie The Frighteners? Mm-mm. Okay, Jake Busey. Have you, oh, have you seen Home Fries with uh, Drew Barrymore in it? I have heard of it. I haven't uh, seen it. I'm, I'm looking him up. I'm trying to think of prominent roles that this guy was in. Jake Busey is an amazing actor, and I really like him. He kind of has this snarky asshole quality to him, and I think he would play a good, like, detective. Okay. Yeah, I'm seeing who he is right now. Like a counterbalance to Adam McKay. I think that he would he would make a good kind of snarky asshole cop. I dig okay, it. I'm down for that as long as he's not fucking blonde. Shave his head <laughs> for the film. That's fine. I just hate his blonde <laughs> hair. It looks awful. He, he looks like fucking Trump. He has been he has been sporting the same blonde hair. The awful orange tan with the blonde hair is just Tell me that Why? Tell me that he doesn't look like what everybody thought the guy from uh, Cobra Kai was gonna turn out to be. Oh my like god, right? So much like him. He could do like a biopic of this guy. <laughs> uh, he could play the dude's brother. I I mean honestly I, I appreciate I appreciate Cobra Kai for what it is, but like he could have he could have played yeah, brothers with the guy. They look very similar right, right now. Uh, I don't I wouldn't say shave his head, but tell him he has to dye his hair. I don't think the blonde thing would really Make work. Make it brown. It the blonde does not work for him. And and lay off the spray tan. Lay God, is he a natural tan. blonde? I don't know. I think that... If, I hope not, because it does been, not suit him. I think he's been bleaching it like the guy from The Offspring for the most of his life. I think that's what it is. Because if, you, if you've if you seen his father, his father has sort of like a dirty blonde hair, Gary Busey. Yeah. If you've seen the mug shots. Because that's where most people recognize Gary Busey from right now. They don't fall back to the 80s films. <laughs> Like they remember that mug shot from when he got a little drunk and belligerent, and, and everybody's remembered him since then. Outside of maybe you know the voice of the bear from Over the Hedge. Oh my God, he's okay. So he's a natural like strawberry blonde. Right. He bleaches his which hair still doesn't it, work for him to put the platinum out. He, he it goes still doesn't work blonde. for him. It's one of those things that people do all of their lives, and they get into the habit and never stop. And nobody sits down and goes, you know what? You might be recognizable this way, but it's possible you might do better the other way. <laughs> I really need to know if those are his natural teeth. Okay. I have no idea. I'm not his dentist. Yeah, right? Right. He's always had those teeth. Trust me. They have always been there. I hate him. Right? They, they, he, he's I hate the, his face. He's been the guy that should have been the po- poster boy for whitening your teeth. 
You hate a lot of faces. I don't trust you on that anymore. He looks like the fucking. <laughs> he looks like PC principal with the fucking oh, with the mouth. <laughs> well, that's why we have him as the snarky asshole cop. Okay. Oh my god. His, his entire attitude says kill me. Anyway. Uh, okay. So we have the cops that are basically trying to hunt down the killer. I want to put. I want to put a PI on this a guy that's working independently to try to not bring... He's not trying to bring him to justice, but he's been hired by somebody, much like Vivica A. Fox was, to hunt him down and basically bring him to somebody that's supposed to... I want to say exercise him. So they're supposed to... Basically, there's supposed to be an exorcism to kind of get the demon out of his hand. And this time, Anton is very reluctant to cut off his other hand so that he has two nubs. Did we already assign Matthew Lillard to a, a role? We have not assigned Matthew. We we I, we kind of have him make in him limbo the detective. somewhere. So have him as the PI. Yeah. Okay. Now the person that is supposed to be the exorcist in this film, who do we want? Steve Carell. <laughs> Steve. <laughs> Steve Carell. Okay, let, let's go with, with exorcist standards. We need an old priest and a young priest. We got Steve Carell. We're going to put him in a little makeup. We're going to put him in old makeup. And yep. give him, make him kind of bald with liver spots. Old makeup. Now we need a young priest. Daniel Wait. Radcliffe. What? Yes! Who? You Daniel got... Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe. You said something too, Sarah. Yeah, that's what I said. I, I... You no, both said I, Daniel yeah. Radcliffe at the same time? No, she said Daniel Radcliffe. I, I was going to say something else. Oh. Hey. Okay, what were you going to say? Hang on, hang on. What's his fucking You're name? You say hang on. I'm just curious what the choices are here. I do like Daniel Radcliffe, though. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Instead of Steve Carell, okay. Will Arnett. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes! That's actually so much better. Now... Right? We have inadvertently over-masculinized this movie and it, we've added no female characters at all. That's okay. No female <laughs> characters. I think well, we have the girls. We have, well, we have yeah, Anna Fox. Ferris and Busby Phillips. That is true. That Busy. is true. We have, we have Mick yeah. and Nub Busy. being played by Anna Ferris and Busby Phillips. Um, I, I want there to be a, a not- love interest like a woman that is helping him but she is completely reluctant to help him and really wants nothing to do with him hang on i got it i got it you got it you got it you got it maya rudolph <laughs> so what what, what right? is she though? yes like she has to have like a complete disinterest to helping him but it turns out helping him is in her best interest i want her to be like the secretary or like that's HR or some shit at his fucking car dealership. Let's. Oh, I've got an idea. So we're gonna make her kind of bad too. Okay. She is not. You know, she's not helping him out of the goodness of her heart. She is helping him because he is well aware that she has embezzled a massive amount of money from the company. And he needs help and realize that the only person he has any sway over. In the entirety of the company, of all the people that he works with, is her. Because he knows her deep, dark secrets. 
Mm-hmm. He knows that like she's it. done some bad stuff, that she has embezzled a shitload of money. He even knows where she's hidden it. And he's never said a thing. I like it. And I think he holds that over her to get help. Basically get her to, to do shit for him. Like, look, if you don't help me, I can drop all this information in a second. So she's helping him begrudgingly the entire film. It's not a love interest. Not even remotely. It's sort of a eat shit, the only reason I'm doing this is to save my own hide relationship. Yes. <laughs> okay, where else can we where else can we make this thing go? Because it's already kind of ridiculous to begin with, but I would watch it. Right, me too. <laughs> there's gotta be there's gotta be a a, a twist. I mean, hmm. it's already twisted, but there's gotta be a twist. So the whole end point is 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 to have Matthew Lillard. You have detectives from the local from the local police department trying to hunt down the killer and they're finding you know bits and pieces here and there similar killings to what happened years ago in the same town so he's always had this overshadowing of all the murders that happened in that town um and them not quite being explainable so what happened was um when he had his first kid some of the DNA that was still in him from cutting off his hand got into his child. And it's actually his child that's doing all of this. Oh my and god! Not him. Yes. And he thinks it's his hand. Okay, so we have to yeah. have somebody that plays maybe a a fifteen to eight year old daughter or son. I think the killer should be a girl. Okay. I think I think we we what go. We want to cast. That's the only teenage element is the fact that it turns out it's his child. They're all hunting him down because of his past. They had, there was a whole trial. There wasn't enough evidence to hold him responsible for everything that happened because the hand went poof. Yeah. You know. Well, it's it's a it's a it's a left hand, and none uh, his hand is not there anymore. They can't fingerprint it. You know. Mm-hmm. So no nothing to tie him to the murders because the hand's gone. So now we have to come up with a person or a, a, his daughter. So he has a daughter and he has a son. His daughter is the one that's killing everyone, not him. Okay. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, we have to go through a whole thing where you s- can we make can we can we make it that way though? Wouldn't wouldn't it have to be his son that's doing it? Because you have to have similar hand features to his right hand to be able to so pull that- off like because you're not you're focusing on the hand instead of everything else that's happening. Um. So he has to have yeah, a it'd similar. Yeah, have to be a son. Yeah, it'd have to be a son. A similar silhouette, similar hand features. Unless um, his son used to be his daughter. No. Transgender son? Yeah. I like it. Son used to be his daughter. That's actually a good idea. Like, Elliot Page! <laughs> oh, there we go. She's not young enough to, to do that. To pull off being his yeah. his. Well, this was in 1999, son. so if yes. they had kids right after... 99. He's, he would right. just be... He would just be pushing, what, 40, 50 years old at this point? Something like that? Because, I mean, Devin, Devin was born in, in 1978, so he's, he's just... Yeah, but they're, he's the 42. movie came out in 1999, so if they had a baby within the year, the kid would be 20, 21 right now. Right, and Ellen Page is not anywhere near that. No, no, she, but I'm saying it doesn't need to be a teenager. It could be someone Page, a little older. Page, my apologies. Uh, I gotta stop doing that. Well, actually, now that I'm looking at it, if you look at Elliot Page, 
uh, since his transition. He looks a lot younger than he did when she was just <laughs> before her transition in the show. He does. Yeah. Like, it, uh, the testosterone really kind of... I don't know why it makes him look younger, but, I mean, he could kind of pull off a person in their, their mid to early 20s. So... I mean, if it was in the 90s, it's 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 2020 right now. The kid would be in 99, so... Kid would be, what, 22, 23 right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think she could pull off a 23-year-old? Absolutely. A little bit of makeup, easy. Okay. So we got Elliot, we got Elliot Page as his son, uh, former daughter. And she is going around killing everybody... She is not cutting the hand off, though. Like, I feel like she let it go on too long, and it's a full-on possession now. So it's mm-hmm. not just her hand. It started out as the hand. His. His. Him. His, he. His. He. He. Male pronouns. You know, you'd think that being who I am, I would be better at this, you know, <laughs> with my son. And, yeah. So, anyway. Whew. My apologies, Elliot Page. Okay. Like okay, you're ever okay. going to listen to this. Uh, who knows? I mean, somebody may hear this and be like, Elliot, did you hear this shit? I mean, go go listen. Just just the end. Just listen. They want you to be a murderer in a movie. They want you to be a murderer. <laughs> yes. Okay, yes. so if we're casting right now, I yeah. want the younger, you know the who younger else brother we could, sibling. You know who else we could to... really convince people is a transgender woman? There's only one other actor that I could think of. He's not really an actor, more of a singer. But we could make Justin Bieber his transgender, <laughs> his transgender no. son. <laughs> no, if we're casting a trans role, we're going to use a trans actor. Exactly. I know. Come on, I was making a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the, so for the younger brother, girly boy. Anyway, go ahead. The kid that plays Dustin in Stranger Things. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. That'd work. Oh God! What is his? Is that Gaten Gatan? Is that what? Uh, I'm trying to remember how to. Gaten Matarazzo. Matarazzo. I keep. I kept mistaking him with Heather. Like the the name. Like I thought their names were very similar. Yeah. I'm bad at pronouncing names that just. Wow, there's a lot of consonants there. I don't know how to deal with that. <laughs> uh, okay. So. I like the twist. They're all hunting him down because of his past. They had a whole trial that was very public. And it's actually the trial that always haunted him. And the fact that he couldn't get over his own thing and everything that had happened. Which is eventually why his wife left him and his daughter became sort of the same slacker that he was. Because that's the whole thing. The idle hands thing. You know, become the devil's playground. So it looks Mm -hmm. for like the biggest slacker that it can find takes over its hand yada 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 so i feel like it started off and she started killing and it just continued and continued he he well it started as she and never mind i was trying to say as as the daughter and then obviously transgender he's transgender okay 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 became the son I, I had the right mindset, so I, I was trying so, to get. So, so we're that. going, we're going through the transition throughout the movie, right? So okay. the, the backstory kind of explains that there was a transition, and that we're going through it throughout the entire movie. The end product being them realizing that it was actually the son that is killing everybody, and gotcha. 
how do we how do we bring that about? So that means we ki- we may even have to bring Jessica Alba in for like a cameo as the mother. Mm. She gets to die. Like she die she dies trying to protect her son who ends up killing her. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I, I like I like I think it should be like as really he's standing gruesome. over her. He's just like you've <laughs> always been so fucking obnoxious. She should get killed by a car. She should. <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say there's like a, a there's like a car or or a truck or something kind of up on jacks at the top of a, a driveway. Oh my god! Oh no! It's one of the ones on display at the uh, auto dealership that they work okay. at. Okay. I was gonna say it, it rolls back off and hits her and nails her. Like he, she's having okay. an argument. She's having an argument in defense of her son and. The sun is in the background, and basically, kind of like how Tanya bit it, you pull a pin. I, I don't want to call it, it's like a, uh, an elevation. What do yeah. they call those? Platform? The pla- Well, it's a, yeah, the platform. My fucking brain just completely <laughs> leaking out of my ears right now. Uh, That's fine. So yeah, it's up on a platform. She, pull, no, she pulls the, uh, not the pin, but she, she pulls the... Um, The little wedges out from under the car, tires that keep it from moving forward, throws it in neutral and lets it go. And it's a little bit downhill, so it picks up momentum, and there goes mom. And dad is able to get out of the way just in time, but mom's done for. As he rolls out of the way, that's where he sees his son for the first time in the movie. So he rolls out of the and way and just sees just him standing there with it. He's like, these. I don't give a fuck. Fuck all these people. And, you know, and I think that what they need to have is a moment where it'd be very, like, full house, you know, where he sits them down on a couch and is talking to his child and is like, you can't keep killing people like this. Like, <laughs> I understand it. It happened to me when I was younger. I get it. And then he kills him, you know? Just... Yes. I want to say, like, this is... A stoner movie, obviously. <laughs> so he's not just Absolutely. sitting down. He's he's having a smoke with the kid. Yeah, there you go. He's having That's a smoke true. with the kid, and he's sitting. He's kind of laying down. You know, you can't you can't keep killing people like this. He goes, and and I don't know how long you've been doing it, but I know how many bodies there are now because they're coming after me for the bodies that you have racked up. And what ends up happening is he 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 kind of just sits there. You know, Elliot Page is just sitting there. We have to give this. We have to give this kid a name or something. There's all very, very interesting names throughout the entire okay. film. I just had an idea. Okay. Bear with me. What if his son wanted to be a son, but it's because his boob is evil, and the way to set him free is he has to cut off his boobs, which he was going to do anyways because he's, you know, a, a guy. <laughs> How do how do okay? How do we make boobs deadly? Actually, I can't say I can't say how do you make boobs deadly because I've seen movies. There are movies that I have watched where like the <laughs> I I am serious. There, there there's this movie, and you're gonna you're gonna look shoot me a look because it's from that company, Troma, where literally oh. this woman's boobs have teeth and go after people. <laughs> I vaguely remember you showing me photos of this. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I torture you guys on a continual basis with trauma stuff. And, yeah, you're the worst. And so, yeah, we could kind of do that, like a possessed boob, 
Because yeah, it's a bit more modern PG thirteen. I think you could get away f get away with a, uh, a critter's munchy boob there, you know, with the teeth. I mean, teeth is still a very huge fucking like um, cult classic. Yeah, but that's teeth in a different area, not the boob. Um, yeah, it's exact exactly. It's a fucking. It's more like graphic. So I think that here's the thing, he. He wants to be transgender, so I'd say that the transition is still midway here, you know, by the time okay. they meet. Because if we're talking about killer boobs, he would still have boobs. So what the main yeah. focus is are guys who are overly handsy. So in spite yes. of the fact that he happens to be transgender, he's a, he's a good-looking guy. He was a good-looking girl. So it's these mid-transition and the people that are around his father don't really understand or get what's going on. And you have these guys that are overly handsy. They feel the need to touch when they've been given no permission to touch. And so they always end up being the ones getting killed. And because he's pissed off at his dad, he's hiding the bodies in the trunks of the car that he's selling. I yeah. fucking love it. So it's like... A revenge killing with, like, a moral story to it, along with being a stoner comedy at the same time. I want I want Elliot Page to go, like, hang out with his friends after each killing and just, like, be all nonchalant about it. And he's, like, he's meticulous about cleanup. Uh, he's not as, like, sloppy. He's not going around wearing bloody fucking clothes everywhere like his dad did when he was going through it. Do we want, <laughs> do we want a lot of actual focus on Elliot Page, though? Do we need to tell the son's story during this film, or do we focus on the fact that his wife left him, took the kid, he doesn't even know what's going on. He doesn't know about the transgender thing with his son. He doesn't know that he's transitioning. He doesn't even know that this kid occasionally visits the lot to kind of check up on his dad. He just kind of shows up on occasion, talks to his co-workers to kind of see what his dad's doing. He's upset with his father, he feels he could have done more to keep the relationship together. And the more he learns about the dad, the more he feels his dad's just kind of a piece of shit. So you have this son who's jaded by his father okay. ruining a marriage. Okay. Letting his own demons become more important than his wife and his children. Alright, I dig it. I don't think we should see a lot of Elliot Page outside of... Like I said, we, we don't know that it's actually Elliot Page killing. We don't know. We think it's Anton until the last moment. Until it's revealed that Elliot Page is the killer. <laughs> All right. Uh, anywhere else we and should And then at the, very end, at the very end, I want it to go through like all the scenes where Elliot actually does all the killing. I want, <laughs> I want them to get back their scene that they should have had at the end of the original film. I want something similar. I mean, they've got a fucking... A bigger... Like a more famous cast at this point, fucking, they should be able to have the money for the decent hellhole opening up in the pool or some shit. Right. I mean, there should be. I think. I think that Kevin Spacey should be a physical presence near the end of the movie, trying to yeah to basically get Elliot to move over to the other side. And I think that his father is going to be the one that ends up having to kill him before he becomes one of the minions of Satan. Okay. Fucking um. Yeah, no, at the end of the movie, I want it, I, I, when Elliot's, like, explaining that it's been him the entire fucking time, and he knew that he was killing people, and he just doesn't give a shit, and fucking whatever, telling his dad everything. Right, he literally didn't care 
Like, it was like, the people that were getting killed, it's not, like, it's opposed to what happened with Anton, where it was his friends and random bystanders and his parents, which he actually had to have an issue with. He was like, oh my god, you know, I killed my parents. Oh my god, I killed my friends, you know. This hand was going after people he cared about. With Elliot, all these people were were people that actually deserved it, you know. So it was a justification for not keeping control of the hand, just letting it do what it needed to. Yeah. Um, so fucking, I want him. I want him to like go through the whole fucking every scene that has all the like different deaths. I want him to go through all of that, have all the flashbacks and everything, and then I'd like in between the flashbacks, I want him to like cut to him chilling with his friends, fucking like yeah, no. So this guy tried to touch me, and I totally fucking like ripped him to shreds. <laughs> and his friends are just like, hey, good for you. You go, baby. And they they don't think anything of it because he's totally clean and fucking like meticulous about staying clean. But this also means what about- that the way we're playing it, Nub, Nub and uh, Mick wouldn't come in till almost halfway through the movie when they realize that it's the son, because then they have to help him. All right, I dig it. You what about? Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, what if uh, the two people that um, the son is talking to is Mick and Nub? <laughs> oh my god, yes! <laughs> Getting stoned. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> so they don't even know that it's... So yeah. these are like two girls that were Elliot's friends? Yes. Yeah. And Elliot, they, they're trying to figure out what's going on. Well, he they killed don't even them. He's supportive he, of the transition and everything. Yeah, I was going to say, he killed them. And so those are the first two bodies that Nick and Ma, uh, um, Nub found. Okay. 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 Wouldn't that kind of weird Elliot out just a little bit? Because, like, I just killed you guys. Yeah, but then it's a whole, like, Mick and Nub situation all over again. Yeah. Because, you know, he killed his friends and they still Uh, hung out with him. They wake up and they're like, oh, whatever. You know, we we were a little salty for a second, but we're over it. We're over it. We're fine. We're good. Let's smoke. So is that how they're helping him? They're trying to kind of get him back to his dad? Like, we know what you're doing? Yeah. And but, like, they're, they're being, like, discreet and shit. He doesn't know what's going on. I mean, there are going to be plot holes. Well, I mean, yeah. let's just face it. Just... Yeah. Well, I mean, this is this is just a pitch. You can work <laughs> out plot holes as you go around, as you go along. Exactly. These are all fantastic ideas to put down on paper. Then you just got to figure out how to put the puzzle pieces together so there's no holes in between. Yeah. And yeah. People will still find holes, let's be honest. Giggity. It's a horror comedy. About a guy whose hand is killing people. You gotta suspect your belief in reality a little bit. Just a little bit. Oops. Plot holes will happen. Fill it with your imagination. That's what she said. (laughs) Right. Okay. I'd say that rounds out the pitch portion of the podcast. I'm gonna go ahead and just ask a couple of random questions of you guys and see what you come up with. Okay. Just to kind of... We're only gonna go for four questions here and then we're gonna... Right off into the sunset for the day. Oh yeah, definitely. I think I think we've we've had a lot of chatting going on here, which is which is good. I like the back and forth. That who 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 was that? It was Fredo. It was Fredo. He was so quiet. He was so quiet. Oh, two hours into the the podcast, we finally hear from Fredo. Hello, Fredo. Oh, they she put she put you guys on mute. That's so nice. That's so nice. We're good. I will... Go ahead. What happened? We're good. We're good. He silenced okay. it. 
Fair enough. Now, we'll go ahead and ask you guys a couple of questions, and I want to just be as creative as you can with these answers, seeing as they're fairly mundane questions. Okay? Okay. Question number one. What two people in the world would you not expect to be dating each other? Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian. <laughs> How about just anybody and Pete Davidson? Just I could totally like see why people would go out with Pete Davidson. He's I mean, funny, he's charming, he's got a nice smile, he's fucking like tall. The kind of I would not mind spending an afternoon with Pete Davidson. However, he seems like chill as fuck. The idea of being in a long-term relationship with a guy like Pete Davidson, I don't feel like he is the kind of guy that could turn it off. Like, that would be like being in a long-term relationship with Steve-O, you know? It's just a guy that you know does not hey turn man. it off. Hey, man, okay, first of all, Steve-O's done really well. He's been sober for, like, over ten years now. Steve-O's fucking, like, grown up. He's supposed to be doing a show up in Hampton soon. Yes, at fuck it, like I, I need a per. I, I mean, I I wouldn't mind being with a person like that as long Pete as Davidson there's an off is, like switch. working on himself. He's getting sober. He's taking like his meds for his mental health, and he's fucking like he's getting all the shitty tattoos removed. Okay. Yeah. So I like think, he's growing up. I think Pete Davidson and uh, Kate Beckinsale when they were together. The was, only that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he was with Ariana Grande as well at one point, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. That relationship yeah. almost seemed like it might work. Those two together. Yeah. It, yeah. Kate Beckinsale and him, that didn't feel right. No, um, it's very weird. Kim Kardashian that, uh, and him, yeah, that was the weirdest odd couple. Like, how do you go from Kanye to Pete Davidson? How does that work? I understand why she left Kanye. He's fucking psycho. I'm not saying I don't understand the leaving. I'm trying to understand how do you transition from Kanye to Pete Davidson? How is that the logical next step? How do you how do you think that that was nice and funny and charming and sweet and not controlling and fucking not psychotic? I'm just I'm I'm going to say this just from a male perspective, and you guys can kick me in the ass if you want to for saying this, but it feels like I've seen a couple of relationships that go like that you deal with, like, some kind of psychotic, controlling person, and the natural mental reaction is to go to the polar opposite of who you just w were with, even if it's against your nature. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, this isn't something I normally would do, but it's like, I am just so upset by this, I need the exact opposite. Like, something to cleanse me of this. And he I don't might think be she deliberately went looking for the exact opposite. I think she just vibed with someone and was like, oh, hey, we should, you know, do this more often. Okay. All right. I, I, can, I can understand. I mean, I can this understand. This is detrimental to my mental health. Because Pete Davidson is definitely the day to Kanye's night. You know. Yeah. It, definitely. In all ways. Next question. To what or whom... Have you been compared to in the past that you did not like? Hmm. I can name one for myself. I was once told, back when I was a bit younger, that I looked a little bit like Sid Vicious from the Sex Pistols. <laughs> I didn't see it, and then one day I took a picture of younger me when I was a buck fifty-five, with the long hair and this big shit-eating grin on my face, and I put it right up next to a younger picture of uh, of uh, of him, of Sid Vicious, and 
I kind of did. I kind of did. So, yeah. I'm trying to think, and I don't remember. So, any unfavorable comparisons? I I, I don't remember any unfavorable humans that I've been compared to. It doesn't have to be a human. It's to what or whom. So, it could be something or someone. I... Oh, God. I have no idea. Um, You're going to have to do something else to that. I'm going to skip. Nothing. Nothing at all. There's a girl named Rachel that I look like, apparently. But other than that... Okay. I mean, it's, that's one of those things where it's like, you look like Rachel. Okay. Who? What? <laughs> Just, yeah. I, I don't know who that is, but thank you, um, I guess. I'm hoping that's a favorable thing, like you're, you're comparing me to somebody that you like, because if yeah. not, you know, I don't know how to handle that. Okay. For what one thing would you like to have a daily reminder? Is there any mm. one thing that you would like to have a daily reminder? If I need a daily reminder of anything, I'll just set it on my phone. These are s- terrible questions. Chris, why did you, you not... I told you they're mundane questions. I wanted you to be creative with the answers. <laughs> hmm. I need a daily reminder to get shit done. I mean, yeah, right, right. Just overall. I need a daily <laughs> reminder to edit this podcast. Because, like, I will put mm-hmm. it off and put it off and put it off until the last minute. And then I'm panicking trying to get it out on time. I always get it done, but shit, I do. My other daily mm. reminder that I need, I need a reminder to use one of those sticky roller things to get the cat hair off of me before I leave the house. <laughs> I really do. Because my cat leaves hair everywhere, on everything. Or just get rid of your cat. We just did the laundry the other day, and the cat climbed into the clean laundry basket and fell asleep. Oh. Leaving just hair everywhere. That's awful. It's like, we just cleaned all that. What the fuck? Like, five minutes. Well, you saw how to get rid of a cat from this movie. Yep, you grab it by the tail, <laughs> play fire engine, and... Oh my god. I love how he I need he a daily reminder to, like, organize my fucking room. Would you do that to your dog? Would you do what Anton did to his dog? No. Like, he thinks there's a killer in the house. He hugs the dog at first, and then the next scene is him pushing his dog ahead of him around the corner. Like, don't kill me, the dog's coming first. (laughs) I mean, that's horrible. He's hoping that if the dog sees something, he'll, like, attack it. That dog dog is as much of a slacker as he is. That dog wasn't doing anything. He was on his butt being pushed around the corner. He was using it as a shield. He's such a baby. That's what he was doing. He was even leading the dog ahead of him. Like, if you're going to attack, attack him first. No? Okay. Yeah, I don't blame them. Last extremely mundane question. Like I said, be creative. What definitely does not belong in the refrigerator? What does not belong in the refrigerator? Bread. Bread? I have seen people put bread in the refrigerator. I don't know why. Because you pull it out and it gets soggy. Freezer. Or peanut butter. That's just weird. You you can break... You can definitely break a spoon by putting peanut butter in the freezer. Or fridge, not the freezer. Don't put it in the freezer. Oh my god. You will never get that peanut butter out. How about Mm. just going on this movie here? The bodies of your victims. (laughs) Don't You keep them them fresh that way. Unless you're Ryan Reynolds in the movie Voices. (laughs) Exactly. That's, That's how you keep them nice and 
you know, See, organized. You, you don't fresh hide them they, in the artwork in the middle of the living room. It, it ends up making a smell. You actually see now you, you've you've debunked my theory. You have to hide your yeah. bodies in the freezer or the fridge because it won't I smell. Always, I always let my bodies hit the floor, but that's just ah! let the bodies hit the floor. If you put them in the fridge, though, you got to put a couple of those little containers, like the the uh, baking soda containers, in there to kind of. Keep the smell. Let the baking soda take the the rotten flesh smell out of the fridge. Gotta get lye. Lye. Or lime. Lye. Yeah. Lye. I mean, you got hydrochloric acid, hydrofluoric sulfuric acid, acid, sulfuric acid. But then you need a a metal bathtub and you know, or porcelain. Is it porcelain? Porcelain. No, it's um. They have special plastic buckets that it doesn't or that too. melt through. You do not want to have a bucket that just melts through like that. Oh. No. Been no. there, done that. Because I, I don't know if y'all watched fucking uh, Breaking Bad because <laughs> they tried <laughs> dissolving a body. Yeah. And Jesse just fucking straight up melted through the entire porcelain fucking mm-hmm. bathtub. And mm-hmm. fucking through the floor. Dude's like, dude, there's a reason why I told you to get the plastic fucking buckets. It's because it won't melt through that. Yeah. It has the biohazard symbol on it. It's meant for this. I mean, let's Not be honest. Specifically, but... Mr. Pinkman should have had his hand invaded. That, that guy was a slacker. Yeah. He was uh, Anton to, like, the next level. I think they might have would, used yeah. him I would, as a template. Honestly, I would not say Jesse's, like, the biggest slacker. Because he used to be at the beginning of the movie. But then he turned into this, like, fucking grown-up drug dealer. And he, he was not a slacker. He was just stupid. I think the problem, it wasn't that he wasn't a slacker, it's that he had too many people with too much over him that Jesse was kind of a victim (coughs) of his own circumstances. He had to do what he was doing, because if he didn't, he was fucking dead. Yeah. So, it wasn't that he wasn't a slacker, he was a slacker. It was, he was a hard worker, not by choice. He was a slacker forced to work hard. And he fi- tried to find some shortcuts several times throughout that entire series. Tried to make shortcuts, which fucked him royally. Whenever, whenever, uh, oh god, yeah. Whenever Brian Cranston wasn't around, yeah, he he would try to take some shortcuts, which always fucked him over. And then he would have to come back in and clean it all up. It's like, what the fuck's wrong? Damn, with I'm you? gonna have to rewatch Breaking Bad. Yeah, and the uh, the movie. Yeah. I didn't I get to the watch movie. the movie because I want to rewatch Breaking Bad before doing so. I've been, I was too far removed to want to watch the movie. The movie wasn't bad. All right. So it was, uh, it was depressing. We've had enough mundane questions for the night. Does uh, just kind of tie things up? Uh, Sarah, is there any place that they uh, should go to listen to your podcast or any other things you'd like to kind of talk up? Yeah, um, they can check us out at Two Chicks Talking Flicks on Instagram, Facebook. Twitter, uh, TikTok, and uh, you can find us on anywhere you stream podcasts. I'm gonna get a hold of TikTok. I, I, I've never gotten the hang of TikTok at all. I don't ask Ben to help you. Ben, ben does really well. Ben is too busy trying to help himself as of late. He's got so much going on. It's he's he's last two years of high school. It's just yeah. yeah. I, I I'm trying to figure it out myself, but I, I'm going to wait. A little bit, maybe try out a few things before I start up a cinematic anarchy thing for TikTok. Yeah, you know, because I mean, you need a phone number to start a TikTok. By the way, oh okay, 
I don't know. I if mean, you I have used a TikTok your already. Phone... I was gonna say I don't know if you already used your current phone number for that oh. account. You can't use it for more than one. How many accounts have you had? How many telephone numbers did you use? I ask friends or friends offer me their numbers because they're never going to use TikTok. See, that's the way to do it. I don't, I don't know. I I, I could yeah. I could do that, but. I've I've I'm, uh, I've used my brothers. I've used I've tried using like those free apps. Yeah. Like WhatsApp or fucking Talk Tone or I don't know what they're fucking called anymore. I haven't u- used them in ages. That give you the freebie uh, telephone numbers that are not your own. Yeah, yeah. It, it used to work. It doesn't anymore. I think uh, one of my friends gave me their phone number to use for this current account, but. Uh, I don't know. I haven't even fucking posted on this account in days. So, yeah, we're pretty. Uh, much- I've, I've been slacking on TikTok. We are outside of TikTok. Miss B is on TikTok, but we're pretty much the same way. We're wherever you can find uh, podcasts. Pretty much, uh, we have everything from uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, mm-hmm. on to Pinterest, Tumblr, some defunct methods of, of social media that people rarely use anymore. We're there. You'll find us. I'm not sure you're going there, but you can find us there. So on uh, behalf of myself, Miss B, and uh, Sarah from the Two Chicks Talking Flicks podcast, thank you for listening to us this evening, and uh, go ahead and send us out, Miss B. Drink some fucking water, you thirsty bitches!